0: We'll discuss a little bit more of the uh, first verse of Siksastika. So last week we reviewed chaita Darpana Arjanam, Cleansing the Mirror of the Heart. It cleanses the heart of all the dust, of all the accumulated misconception that we may have. Bhava Maha Devagni Nirvapanam. Bhava Maha Devagni Nirvapanam. Uh, the forest fire of material existence. Basically in this material existence uh, uh, things come at us from all directions like a forest fire and there's no, no hope unless there's some torrential rain. Uh, they do the best they can to put it out. Uh, what I just see on the news? The last forest fire is now what in Arizona? Uh, we see they're always springing up either man-made or nature. So similarly within this material environment, within this material world, our material existence is like a forest fire. Uh, things are always thrust upon us. We don't know from where uh, there'll be uh, either good fortune or misfortune. Sometimes we get good fortune and sometimes there's misfortune. This Sankirtan movement is a way that we can extinguish material, material existence altogether. We can actually return to our spiritual nature, and we can relieve ourselves of the anxieties of material existence, the anxiety of the continual forest fire. Uh, uh, this analogy is used by uh, uh, the great sages to, to give us some, some idea of what material life is from, from the transcendentalist perspective. From our perspective, we have a hard time looking at life as a forest fire, unless we really step back. So the sages, they give us this clue. Tonight we'll speak about the second line, Shreya Kairava Chandrika Vitaranam. Shreya, of good fortune, Kairava, on the white lotus, Chandrika, the moonshine, Vitaranam. Shreya Kairava Chandrika Vitaranam. The sankirtan movement spreads the moon rays of good fortune upon our true self. And it allows us to develop our true spiritual nature, which is likened to a creeper. If you have a small creeper, it needs nourishment. The Sankirtan movement provides the nourishment for our spiritual growth, and the nourishment comes in the form of the of the soothing rays, just like the moon rays, and the full moon evening. Uh, the moon the moonlight is very soothing to us. It's very uh, and it, and the moon's rays. We also know they provide the true juice for all the vegetation on the planet That actually the, the rays of the moon provide provide the the succulent taste of all the vegetables and all the uh, all the fruits uh, that that we experience similarly this by participating in this sankirtan movement the cooling moon rays of this spiritual Sankirtan movement, nurture our spiritual growth, which, as I said, is likened to a creeper. And eventually this creeper can penetrate through the coverings of the material universe, and it takes shelter at the Lord's lotus feet. This is a wonderful analogy for us to think of, that just by participating in this movement, just by chanting seriously, and sincerely, Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hari Hari, Hari Rama, Hari Rama, Rama Rama, Hari Hari. So now this is the third benefit. More than a benefit, these are benedictions. The first benediction: Our heart is cleansed of misconception, and we can see our actual spiritual self. We can understand that we are not this material body, we can understand that we have a spiritual existence which is eternal, which is full of bliss and full of pure knowledge, uncontaminated knowledge. The miseries of material existence are extinguished. Second benediction by this Sankirtan movement. This third benediction, the nurturing of our spiritual growth which is likened to a creeper and it's nurtured in the most comfortable of ways it doesn't take a great deal of stress on our part it's like moon rays we come together we associate with devotees we hear about Krishna we chant about Krishna we remember Krishna we absorb ourselves in thoughts of the Supreme Lord and it's a very easy process. It's like the moon rays. We don't, un- we don't know, we don't see, we can't experience the fact that the moon is, is giving nourishment to all the plants. But it is, just by being there. So similarly, just by participating in this sankirtan movement, our spiritual life is growing. And, and and it is 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 reaching beyond the bounds of material existence. The second half of the second line Vidya vadu jivanam. Vidya. Vidya means knowledge. A means ignorance. So vid- vidya, vadu jivanam. Now generally when we look to acquire knowledge, we have to go to some, some professor. And he has to teach us that knowledge. And there's a, uh, there's a great effort on the part of the student to remember all the lessons and to understand the principles that are being presented. Now, if you really look back, if you look back at when you come into contact with Krishna consciousness, at the very beginning it all seems so foreign so distant so beyond our reach the vocabulary the way the devotees act all it's just like it can be overwhelming what to speak of knowledge of Krishna consciousness we study a little Bhagavadita and a little Srimad Bhagavatam then we have Chaitanya Charitamrita, then we have the sandarbhas of Jiva Goswami and, you know all the commentaries of the great Acharyas, Vishwanath Chakravarti, Baladeva Vidya Bhushan we have Brihat Rita by Sanatan Goswami which tells us about the gradual progress to Goloka Vrindavan. We have Nectar of Devotion which is which is an English rendering of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu by Srila Rupa Goswami which is the handbook of our devotional life. Wow! And that's just a few. Then we have all these other... I mean... Can we ever study them all? Can we ever can we ever assimilate all of that knowledge? Well, I know I can't. <laughs> I have a little teeny brain, <laughs> and uh, you know it's it's so much. Vijyavadu, Vijyavadu Jivana. Let me read you a little bit about this. <clears throat> this is a nice book by a godbrother of mine. Uh, boy john on uh, on jopa and he he basically equates stages of of chanting Hare krishna of of entering into the, the Mahamantra to the siksasnika so he has a little paragraph vidyavadu jivanam this phrase literally means the life of the wife of knowledge The life of the wife of knowledge, and requires clarification. Srila Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur explains that just as a wife naturally follows her husband, so transcendental knowledge naturally follows the chanting of Krishna's holy names. Transcendental knowledge begins with with the understanding that we are eternal souls and not the body and approaches completion when we realize our relationship with Krishna, Sambandha. Śrīla Bhakti Vinod Thakur, that's Bhakti Siddhānta's spiritual master. Bhakti Siddhānta is A.C. Bhakti Vedanta spiritual master. So we're going back to father, grandfather, great-grandfather. Or for you, great-great-grandfather. Śrīla Bhakti Vinod Thakur explains, blossoming fully... The flower of the holy names takes me to Vraja and reveals to me his own love dalliance. This name gives me my own eternal spiritual body, keeps me right by Krishna's side, and completely destroys everything related to this mortal frame of mine. Saranagati Srinama Mahatmya, verse 7. This means that chanting the Holy Name is sufficient. It can reveal to us our eternal relationship with Krishna. No other spiritual process is required. Wow. The life of the wife of knowledge. No other spiritual process is required. We can obtain full knowledge of our spiritual existence simply by participating in the Sankirtan movement. No other process is required. We don't have to be a big scholar. Now we read the books because they, they show us they, they're like a light. They show us the direction. And we you know we, we engage in different processes of purification under the direction of the spiritual master. And we're going to see in tonight's class what is the nature of those activities further explained by Krishna according to the modes of nature. So here we're talking about the life of the wife of knowledge, the life, the life force, the energy of the wife. The wife naturally comes in service to the husband, follows behind the husband. I know this is, we have a different culture and such a concept is difficult for us because women went through so much trouble to get equal rights. But that's, that's another topic. In spiritual life, every living entity has equal rights. In material life, we, have all, we all have material responsibility according to the vehicle we're driving. And your responsibilities are not my responsibilities. But here, what's being spoken of, vidyavadu jivanam, that simply by participating in the Sankirtan movement, simply by this chanting of Hare Krishna, simply by this culture of coming together and hearing about Krishna and remembering Krishna and offering prayers to Krishna, and worshiping. Nine main processes of devotional service the spiritual master gives us. The knowledge of our true spiritual existence will become self-manifest. No external process is required. It will become self-manifest what is our relationship in loving service to the Supreme Lord. It will naturally blossom in our heart. We will not need to have any extraneous endeavor. Involvement, engagement in this sankirtan movement is in and of itself sufficient for our complete spiritual purification. And is sufficient to reveal to us independent of what one would think one would, would be required to do to obtain such knowledge. As we see in the material world, to attain the highest level, to become that PhD, so much study. You have to come up with a thesis. You have to do something that and say something in such a way it hasn't been done before. The professor has to be satisfied that you've you know that you are a doctor of this particular field of knowledge. The Sankirtan movement, our doctorate is Hari Krishna Hari Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hari Hari, Hari Rama, Hari Rama, 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 Hari Hari. That's our beginning, that's our middle, and that is the end. And that in and of itself is sufficient to reveal everything to us. So, are there any questions on these first two lines of Siksastika? These four elements that Lord Chaitanya is giving us, these benedictions that are available simply by this chanting? Now, the glory to Sri Krishna Sankirtan, uh, we say that at the beginning of the verse, don't we? We say, glory to Sri Krishna Sankirtan. Well, that's actually the very end of the fourth line. Vijayate Sri Krishna Sankirtana. Vijayate. Mm. Let there be victory. So you notice that sometimes in Sanskrit uh, the punch is given at the beginning when they turn it into English. So, Bhaktivedanta Swami has also done that here in giving us this English rendering of this verse. So, glory to Sri Krishna, Sankirtan. Here's the benedictions that come. So, we're one, two, three, four, the first two lines. So, we'll go on to Bhagavad Gita. So, we went through the uh, 18th verse. We didn't really discuss the 18th verse last week. But let's let's do a quick review here. <coughs> Begins, our, our, Arjuna wants to know beginning of the chapter, can you explain to me what is renunciation and what is the renounced order of life, sannyas? What does that mean? Uh, Because I've heard that if you give up activities, that's renunciation. And uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that in the way you're presenting this service you want to for me to do as a warrior on the battlefield you've explained it in so many ways and you keep hinting that that work on the battlefield is also renunciation so can, let's just have a little clarity here can i go out in the battlefield and be renounced? Be free of karma? Uh, or do I have to give up activities? So, what was Krishna's conclusion? What did he say? He explained both things working and not working, or not working and working without attachment. So, these were the two things that were considered to be renunciation. Men of the world consider these two approaches. Now, what was Krishna's conclusion?
1: Surrender everything to Him and re- re- renouncing the fruits of, what, of your action. But yes. Still again, in action.
0: But working, yes. Doing the work. After that was resolved, there's two opinions, and there's Krishna's opinion, and he says work without being attached to the fruit of the activity that I consider renunciation. Not, not doing anything. Because the soul is eternally active. It can't not do something. Even doing nothing is doing, it's doing something. Last week, we went over verses that, that broke down what is activity. Krishna said, work without attachment. Well, Krishna says, well, let's get a little technical here. Let me explain what are the factors of work. So does anybody remember? I have my notes. I have my crib sheet here, so if no one remembers, I'll go over these.
1: Well, he's saying here in five acts of sacrifice, charity, and penance.
0: Okay. But then he goes on and he explains actually what are the various parts of action, of work. Okay. So those, those are what? We went over last week. Mm. The place. Right. What's the place? The body. The body. We work in the body. If we didn't have the body, we wouldn't get anything done. So, the body, first. Second, <coughs> ourself. Yeah. I mean, we have to have, we have a little little something invested in it. We have to be there. We're in the body. That's a place where actions are performed by us, and we have to perform them. Third thing,
1: the senses.
0: You have to work. Yes, well, that's the fifth. But third, fourth, what's the matter? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Order doesn't matter. But yes, senses. The body has senses and through the senses we things come to us. Knowledge acquiring senses. Hearing, seeing, spelling, tasting, touching. Acquiring. A result. Then we have our working senses. We have our arms. We have our legs. We have our tongue. Genital. And we have our evacuating one. So Five working senses. Three items we've covered. The place, this thing we're residing in. Two, my true self, the jiva, atma, the atma in the body. And, next, the senses which allow us within the body to interact to the environment. The other is the endeavor. Yeah, the
1: endeavor itself.
0: The endeavor itself. Five factors. If people see activities independent, without knowledge of these five, they're not seeing things properly. And in the ultimate issue, the ultimate determining factor of every activity is what? Of all the five factors which reigns supreme, the Supreme. Not a blade of grass moves without his sanction. We can work day and night, month in and month out, year in and year out, to become the best of whatever we want to be, or the richest, or the most beautiful, or the most famous. But, despite all of our endeavor, Our success or failure is dependent on the Supreme.
1: But I wanted to ask last last time about that this particular aspect of of Krishna in our lives. Uh, He's he's not necessarily sanctioning something that's good, or he's not sanctioning something something that's bad, right? He's sanctioning the very life of what we're doing, right? Not a blade of grass. I'm just kind of interpolating as I'm talking, right? That, that he's an energetic substance, he is the prime energetic substance behind all of our actions. This is kind of like how I'm re- Is this, Am I? Am I right? Well, he, but also, there's, there's like. In other words, what I'm saying is, is there, there's really no morality fix here, is there? Or is there? I, 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 is I,
0: there a morality?
1: Yeah. In other words, well, if he's sanctioning, is that a moral sanctioning? Did, did, did someone? You yeah, it? I see what, a, what you're, prime you're saying. Mover kind of idea.
0: What well, did you say? The prime, prime, mover. prime mover.
1: Well, he—he, he, I mean, he's saying he is the prime mover. <laughs> right. What I'm saying is, what? It, how? What is the word sanction? Uh, what's What's the dimension of that word? Right.
0: And, and what's the best verse in Bhagavad Gita that that gives us a clue? Well, Sarvasi chaham Hridisani visto Matas Shmritir cha I am seated in everyone's heart. From me comes okay. remembrance. That's knowledge
1: how he's doing it.
0: Remembrance, knowledge, and forgetfulness. Okay? For those who want to work in cooperation, he's giving remembrance. He's sending He's either coming himself or he's sending the bona fide spiritual master. He's giving scriptural direction to mankind for those that desire who are situated in the mode of goodness and, and those that are above the modes of material nature who are situated spiritually. Krishna's giving them remembrance of their true nature to the passionate To the one that wants to enjoy the fruits, he's giving that facility. You are the doer. You can do it. It's all on you. (laughs) Try hard enough and you will get it. Work, work, work. And to the ignorant, Ah, you just really don't have to do anything. It'll just fall in your lap. If it doesn't fall in your lap, well, the government will write you a check and they'll pay for it, so it's okay. You don't really have to do endeavor anything yourself.
1: So, according to our, to our, uh, proclivity, spiritual proclivity in the instance of, of, you know, worship or how we're approaching Krishna or approaching the religion. I like to
0: make a separation here. Okay. All right, because Krishna makes this separation. When we say spiritual we're talking about rising to our true eternal position of eternity, knowledge, and bliss. When we talk about religiosity, we're talking about working in this world according to the direction of the Supreme Lord, generally provided to us by books of knowledge, scripture, according to our culture and our position in the modes of And that's religious activity, so religiosity can can give us benediction and situate us nicely in the world. In other words, if I'm a law-abiding citizen and I follow the injunctions of the laws of the land, I will, I will, I won't be thrown in jail. I can expect that I'm going to get protected by the government. That is, if there's a regular government today, maybe that doesn't apply. But in normal circumstances, government does give benefits to the people. It does look out for the welfare of people. It doesn't let the corporations steal from the people. So we're not in an ideal government. Let's We just have to understand that. But when we talk here, in the context of Vedic culture, when we talk here in the context of of, of true scripture, we talk in the context of a proper government. So religiosity is that by which we can live peacefully and prosperously in the world and advance ourselves to the next stage of life easily. That's religious. Spiritual means loving God Spirituals independent of religiosity religiosity is, is in itself an adherence to the laws of the culture or the laws of the supreme lord for our material upliftment
1: it's not a spiritual activity
0: I mean... it will take us to the spiritual activity right. but when we talk of spiritual activity in the context of Bhagavad Gita we're talking about those activities which ultimately lead to freedom from the modes of material nature entirely whereas generally religiosity is conducted within the modes of material nature for material advancement. well, yeah, you need to read Bhagavatam. There's all kinds of perfect Mm -hmm. governments. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, Prithu Maharaj uh, was a great devotee of Krishna. And uh, uh, unfortunately, he came from, he came from a a great bloodline, but his father was kind of like, you know, was not fully uh, in sync. So anyway, that's, that's another story that, that his father's name was uh, Venu. But anyway, Prithu Maharaj came and because of his father and the atrocities and the mismanagement and the exploitative mentality of his father, his fatherly, father basically said, you don't have to do any religious stuff. None. Of the, you don't need to hear the, the spiritual teachers. You don't need to perform any sacrifices and austerities. You just worship me because I am the representative of God on this planet. I'm the king supreme. Well, if you're the, if you're the king and you're the representative of God, you better do his bidding. Well, that wasn't his thing at all. He was into doing his own bidding and exploiting and everything. Because of that, Mother Earth got a little bit... All right, I'm just going to shut a few things down here. Mm -hmm. We can kind of see that now. Mother Earth kind of has a little bit of a revolt when mankind gets too far out. I mean, I don't think we've had this many (coughs) floods on the face of the planet in one year in, in how long? My gosh, and every, I mean, Mother Earth's probably a little upset. So, similarly, at that time, Mother Earth was upset, and what she did is she withheld the bounty of the earth. And basically, she said, you know, she said, that's it. You're going to have a hard time growing your crops. I'm not going to let the seeds come forth, I'm not going to give you the seeds. And uh, not gonna, I'm not going to nurture those seeds so that you can you can live comfortably. So Prithu Maharaj took over rulership of the planet, and he was a very very strong pure devotee, and he was a perfect ruler from day one. When he saw that the mother Earth, mother Earth was not willing to give forth her bounty for the for the sustenance of mankind. He said, well, I'm not going to allow that. He took up his bow and he pointed it right at Mother Earth and said, that's it. I I will destroy you. And she said, no, you can't do that. (laughs) If you do that, I'll just fall out of er orbit because my life force is what keeps this planet moving in the galaxy. (laughs) So if you kill me, he said... I have enough mystic power to keep this small planet floating in the galaxy. I don't need your energy. Okay, and then she said, well, I've got to rethink that. You know, and she, she, she eventually, and there was a, there's a nice discussion in Bhagavatam, in the Bhagawat about, about Pritu's uh, dealings with Mother Earth. Finally, she, she showed herself, she assumed the form of a cow. These demigods, they, can, they have powers that we can't imagine. They can take any form they want. Mm-hmm. So she, she showed herself to Prithu Maharaj in the form of a cow. And she said, you can't kill me because I'm a cow. And you, cultured people never kill the cow. And he said, yes, but in this situation, this is an emergency, you're not feeding the people. So, therefore, I have the right to kill you and feed your body to the people. He was that powerful that even the stricture against meat-eating, mm-hmm. he said, I can circumvent that for the benefit of humanity.
1: Right.
0: She said, whoa, I've got a rethink. So, finally, she said, I, I surrender to you. You are a perfect leader, unlike your predecessor, father, who was simply a demon and simply exploited everything for his own personal benefit. Whatever you want, my bounty is yours. So at that time, uh, there's a nice description in the Bhagavad how all of these various personalities came forth and milked Mother Earth for all the different bounty, the gems and the good fortune so, he ruled for thousands of years, and there was not anyone in his kingdom that was at any time in need of anything. That's how good. Also, we know that even when Krishna, five thousand years ago, after, the, after, the, after this battle, after the battles, then uh, Maharaj Yudhisthira took over the management he became the king of the whole planet. It was a, it was a perfect perfect time.
1: pre you said ruled for thousands of years. Is that listed as a particular time in our understanding of?
0: He was in Satya Yuga. Satya Yuga, the lifespan of of in one body is uh, hundred thousand years. Okay. This is Kali Yuga. Oh, yeah. It goes down. So from a th- hundred thousand in one body to 10,000 mm-hmm. in uh, Treta Yuga to 1,000 in Dwarpa Yuga mm-hmm. and we're lucky if we make 100 in Kali Yuga right. so can you imagine 10,000 years in one body don't have to worry about death mm-hmm. of course during that age you didn't have Sri Krishna saying kirtana, kirt, Kirtan for purification right. we're in the most deplorable of situations so we're given the easiest way of self-realization back then you had to meditate for thousands of years like for ten thousand years you would meditate and, and you would become perfect so yes throughout the Bhagavat we're given Pallad Maharaj uh, after his demoniac father uh, you know gave up uh, you know was killed by Krishna uh, he became he took over the throne of the kingdom and he became a perfect ruler and uh, Let's talk about what's that mean, a perfect ruler. During the reign of Yudhisthira Maharaj, there was a Brahmin, and every year he tried to conceive a child, and every year the child died. Well, a perfect ruler doesn't... So he went to the king and he said, what's going on? If you're such a good king, why are my children dying upon birth? You're not a good king. You must not be doing your job right or my children wouldn't be dying. You're not performing your sacrifices properly. You're not connected with the divine. Correct. So, Yudhisthira's brother, Arjuna, who is talking to Krishna on the battlefield here, Mm -hmm. he found out about it. And he said, I guarantee you your next child will not die or I will take my own life. Mm-hmm. That was his level of determination. And willingness to sacrifice. Yes. and
1: Which is a characteristic of a great
0: leader. Correct. Well, of course, the next child died. Arjuna's like, well, that's it, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Krishna said, no, there has to be a reason. You guys are doing everything right. So, this is explained in the uh, tenth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam that Krishna and Arjuna traveled throughout the universe to find where these children were. Right. Couldn't find them anywhere in the universe. It turns out that Krishna's expansion, Karnadakshai Vishnu, Vishnu is an expansion of Krishna who lays down in the cosmic ocean and from his pours all the different universes. And he just wanted to see Krishna in his original form. So he arranged to steal the kids year after year. So after he saw Krishna, he offered his prayers. Even Vishnu is subordinate to Krishna, the original Supreme Personality of Godhead. So he offered his, uh, he said, thank you very much for coming. Sorry I had to do that little trick with the kids. But anyway, here, you can have them back. He took all the children back. That's an ideal ruler. An ideal ruler will, will do whatever's necessary for the benefit of the citizens. His character is more important than his purse. Okay. That's a little foreign to us in our current culture.
1: Yeah, it takes me explaining <laughs>
0: Five factors of action we went over last week. Now this week, since we don't have a lot of time left, and since we did chant Shiksaika, Gnam Jayam Praja Parajnata, Vida Karma Chodana, Karanam Karma Karteti. Vida karma, sangraha. Knowledge, the object of knowledge, and the knower are the three factors that motivate action. So first we went over the five constituents of action. Now Krishna is going on and giving a little bit more detail. Knowledge, the object of knowledge, and the knower are the three factors that motivate action. They're the impetus to activity. Mm. The senses, the work, and the doer are the three constituents of action. So a little technical here, but anyway. Knowledge, the object of knowledge, and the knower are the three factors that motivate action. The senses, the work, and the doer are the three constituents of action. In the next few verses, first, as Krishna has done before, he sets the framework. In the next verse, text 19. According to the three different modes of material nature, again, he's letting us see activity according to the modes of material nature. According to the three different modes of material nature, there are three kinds of knowledge, action, and performer of action. Now hear of them from me. So we set the framework. Now, nine verses follow. The first three deal with knowledge. 20, verse 20, 21 and 22 speak of knowledge first. In 20, in the mode of goodness. 21, the mode of passion. 22, the mode of ignorance. Next, first there's the Is knowledge then action? So, action again is broken down in verses 23, 24, and 25 into action in the mode of goodness, passion, and ignorance. So, first we have the knowledge, then we have the activity, and then we have the person that performs the action, the worker. Verses 26, 27, and 28 deal with the worker in the mode of goodness, the worker in the mode of passion, and the worker in the mode of ignorance. So, verse 20, knowledge, knowledge in goodness. That knowledge by which one undivided spiritual nature is seen in all living entities, though they are divided into innumerable forms, you should understand to be in the mode of goodness. Text 20. Text 21, knowledge in the mode of fashion. No, that knowledge by which one sees that in different body, that in every different body, there is a different type of living entity. You should understand to be in the mode of passion. So now earlier in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna also gave us a clue about how one sees who's situated spiritually. What is his knowledge? He sees equally the sage, the elephant, the dog, the dog eater. He sees one spiritual spark in all of them. They're just conditioned differently by the environment, by the modes of material nature. But spiritually, they're all equivalent. They're all of the same spiritual substance. That kind of knowledge is knowledge in the mode of goodness. Then, knowledge in the mode of passion. We see that the, we see the distinction of the body more than we see the soul within the body. And we make our judgments accordingly. Here's a rich man. Here's a poor man. Here's a beautiful woman. Here's an ugly woman. Here's a beautiful man. Handsome in every way. Here's an ugly man. We make our determinations based on the body that the living entity is, is a, you know, inhabiting. Here's a snake. Here's a dog. We don't see that these are just spirit souls entrapped in the material energy. Then, knowledge in the mode of ignorance. Ignorance and that knowledge by which one is attached to one kind of work, as the all in all, without knowledge of the truth, and which is very meager, is said to be in the mode of darkness. In other words, the only thing that someone in the mode of ignorance is interested in is everything in relationship to their body, their comfort, their well-being, their enjoyment, No, no considerations beyond that without knowledge of the truth, that seeing what you do is the all in all. It's the only thing that's important. I, me, mine. This is it. If it's good for me, it's good. That's a kind of... That's, not, that's, that's all I have to know. That's all that I have to know. If it's good for me, it's good. No other knowledge is required. That's knowledge in the mode of ignorance.
1: then it's all good, which would be the mode
0: Well, that's the same that's mo- same mode of ignorance also. It's all good. It's all good. Yes, I'm so intoxicated with life, it's all good. Oh, my mother just died with cancer. Oh, it's all good. My wife just left me. It's all good. Oh, my daughter just got pregnant and she's only 12. Oh, it's all good. Yeah. What, what, what kind of life is that? The life of Riley. Yeah. It's not all good. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Now let's talk about action. That action which is regulated and which is performed without attachment, without love or hatred, and without desire for fruitive results is said to be in the mode of goodness. I just work in this world. I'm not, I, though I'm in this world and I work in this world, I'm not of this world. Somehow or other, I, I'm here. I have lessons to learn. But my heart is on advancing spiritually. So I'm not attached. If it goes, I'm going to work the best I can. I'm going to give it my all for the pleasure of the Supreme. Yat karosi, yat ashnasi, dadasi, yat. All that I do, all that I offer and give away, I give for the pleasure of the Supreme. Not for me. I give. I work. I'm not attached. If he wants it to come out right, okay. That doesn't mean we're lackadaisical. We do the best we can, but we realize the result is not in our hands. If my work is that of a physician and I have to go in and cut someone's chest open and try to replace a valve in the heart and I do that expertly, and if the end, the patient dies, I know that I did my best. I gave it my all. But, Sarvashi Chahamrini Sani Visto, the results are to Krishna. Make your efforts without attachment and
1: offer it to Krishna.
0: Yes. Performed without attachment, without love or hatred, without desire for fruit of result. That is in the mode of goodness. But action performed with great effort, by one seeking to gratify his desires... And enacted for a sense of false ego is called action in the mode of passion. Uh, We can go to any major city and stand on the street corner and we can watch the passion walk by. Walk into any office building and we can see the passion at every desk. Work, work, work. Why? Because I want that paycheck at the end of the week. Why? Because then I can enjoy the fruits of my labor. And then I can pay my mortgage and pay my credit card bills and wow who am I working for here that action performed in illusion in disregard of scriptural injunction without concern for future bondage or for violence or distress caused to others is said to be in the mode of ignorance I don't have to worry about karma it's all good it's all good. What do I need to worry about anything for? That's a mode of ignorance. Well, <clears throat> need to be worried. Yes, ma'am.
1: I have something in the same defense of those It's all good people.
0: About, uh, of what?
1: All good people. all good people. Yes. I have something in the same defense of them. is that most of them, like when I say, I don't speak for myself, it's it's by focusing on the factor that the supreme is, is in control, and because you focus on that, then everything becomes all good. Yes, Even your 12 year old daughter getting pregnant, or your, you know, your mother dying, or this or that, it all becomes good because there's the factor of action that is the supreme, therefore, it must
0: be good. If you're sitting like that, that's great. <clears throat>
1: so.
0: There's two, and it's funny, isn't it? That on you have the yavaduta the person that goes through life completely unattached fully situated as you say on on dependence on the supreme and you have the wido in the gutter and to the common man who doesn't care about anything about except his sleep and his intoxication his ignorance that's what he strives for and the common man sees, wow, they, the Yava Duda, he doesn't take care of his body, he doesn't dress nice, he doesn't work. The bum in the street, in, the, in the gutter, he's also, he also doesn't work, doesn't take a bath, doesn't take care of himself. One's on the highest spiritual level and one's completely immersed in the mode of ignorance. And for the common man it's very difficult to d- distinguish sometimes. What do they say now about Lord Jesus Christ? If he came the way he dressed, the way he walked down the street, the way he conducted his affairs, who would recognize him as a spiritualist? Where would he end up? <laughs> not the
1: warehouse. Well, Guantanamo. <laughs> <laughs> Over that. <there. laughs>
0: And the worker. One who performs his duty without association with the modes of material nature, without false ego, with great determination and enthusiasm, and without wavering in success or failure, is said to be a worker in the mode of goodness. The worker who is attached to the work and the fruit of work, desiring to enjoy those fruits, who is greedy and always envious, impure, and moved to joy and sorrow, is said to be in the mode of passion. The worker who is always engaged in work against the injunctions of the scripture, who is materialistic, obstinate, cheating, an expert, and in insulting others, and who is lazy, always morose, and procrastinating, is said to be a worker in the mode of ignorance. Three types of knowledge. You- Three types of... Action and three types of worker. Mamchayogya vicharena, bhakti yogena sevati, sagunan sami sa Sagunan, the gunas. Saguna. How does Prabhupada translate that? The modes of material nature. Sagunan sami tityaitan. Transcending the modes of material nature. Brahmabhuyaya kalpate. He's elevated to the spiritual platform, the Brahman platform. Mamchayobhyabhicharena, Bhakti-yogena, Bhakti-yogena. The processes of devotional practice, of devotional service are above these activities in the modes of material nature. Mamchayobhyabhicharena. Yes, sir?
1: So hearing, chanting, and associating with devotees is above...
0: Right. Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnu. Smaranam Patasevanam. So that's the, the higher
1: spiritual that's platform.
0: That's spiritual platform. So we're talking about the distinction between a religious platform where we're performing our activities in conjunction with Krishna's directions in scripture or the directions of the culture because sometimes scripture has to be presented according to the ability of the audience to comprehend the subject matter so yes. we're fortunate we're we're now studying transcendental literature on the transcendental platform but sometimes within the world the supreme lord gives direction according to the mentality of the culture get to the mode of of goodness, at least get there, then you can easily step into freedom from all the goodness, goodness, passion, and ignorance. That's what we want. Mamcha, So that
1: would be ultimately disassociating from eternal nature. Ultimately, Ultimately, that's
0: what we want. We don't want even goodness. Because right. goodness, it may make us feel good, it may give us elevation to a heavenly planet, right. but we're still in the material world. Right. It's right. sattva. What we want is Suta satva <laughs> is purified goodness without any tinge of passion and ignorance. Remember, in this material world, when we work in this environment, all of the modes, there, none of them are pure. They're all contaminated. If there's goodness, there's a little bit of passion and ignorance mixed in. If there's passion, a little bit of goodness and ignorance. Yeah. Ignorance, a little bit of goodness and passion. Always mixed in. Sudha-sattva is above. Purified goodness. Fully on the transcendental platform.
1: Is that what Suda means?
0: Yes. Purified? Purified.
1: That's
0: U D H A? That's
1: mm. know. It's kind of like uh, if you start a project and don't want to pray or read Scripture first.
0: We want and to follow starts. Scripture. We want to take direction from the spiritual master. He's going to pull us out of the modes of material nature and place us on the transcendental platform. That's the job. Yes? Yes, yeah, so while we're still engaged in the modes of material nature, does that mean that this higher platform that's beyond the modes of material nature cannot comprehend it, be comprehended by a person until they've actually a step beyond them? They may not be able to comprehend, but in working under the direction of the bona fide spiritual master, our activities are beyond the modes of material nature. When we're following spiritual direction, even if even if our heart is, still has some dirt on it and we can't fully experience the spiritual result of our activity because we're working under the direction of the bona fide spiritual master. We're chanting Hare Krishna. We're, we're avoiding sinful activity. We're offering the fruits of our, our work to Krishna, to spreading the Krishna consciousness movement. We're reading about Krishna. We're associating with devotees. We're only taking Krishna prasadam we're engaged in all these problems. We're worshiping the deity. We're doing all these things under the direction of the spiritual master. They are all on the transcendental platform. They are not influenced by the modes of material nature. They're fully transcendental. Now, the fact that we're not fully experiencing it yet, just be patient. utsaham <laughs> darya. Srila Rupa Goswami recommends enthusiasm, patience, and confidence. Everything will come in due course of time. Shraddha, yes, that, that's the beginning. So yeah. well, that's saying because the spiritual master has has gone past these most material nature, he can see with a, I uh, I believe it's Jana Chakshu. Jana Chuck correct. I see these are transcendental things, so if I tell you to do them, I'll above them, so if it's transcendental and you do them, it, you know, that's how it works. Ultimately, we need to see, as aspiring transcendentalists, that whatever we do on the material platform ultimately will not give a viable solution if it's not based in in pure transcendental activity, even it can look so great from the outside and so wonderful and and feel so good, ultimately, if it's not pleasing to the Supreme Lord, it's not going to be ultimately successful.